0: I was reading 2 um, Corinthians um, as I was preparing for this, mor- this morning, tonight, and um, it just struck me Paul's heart. Right on the very end of 2 Corinthians, if you're reading through the Bible, you'll be just read that in your Galatians now, but it struck me just how much of a heart he had for people and for the church. And he just, he went all out and, and you know, they had false prophets coming in and they had apostles who weren't really apostles and were abusing the kind of ministry, and Paul was like, just really had a, such a heart and put himself out there. And if you read, he was beaten, he was flogged, he was whipped. did anybody see the Bible series this week or last week where they flogged? Who did they flog? I don't know. They were beating up somebody. And uh, yeah, was it Jesus? Oh, I can't. No, it was somebody else. But anyway, they and that was like Philip said they did that three times to Paul. You know, and it's like he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was, had to escape down baskets out of walls and it was like he, he just had such a heart for people. And we go, oh well, it's a bit rainy outside, so <laughs> oh, it's, oh, I didn't get much sleep and we hesitate. And so I think it's really good to read Second Corinthians or you know, the life of Paul sometimes because it gives a kick out the back. Because um, his heart was to connect with people and to connect with those who did not know him and to encourage the church and encourage us to be awesome, and so I got a bit of a rev up when I read Second Corinthians. Look, look at that dude. He's and he and he just he wasn't bragging. He was saying, "This is what I will go through for you." And so tonight I want to talk about what we will go through. Are you ready? To connect. I've been to The Face Painter, all about connecting, just to make sure you see on that side of the room. It's a puzzle piece, and some of them are joined. But what we would go through to connect, because connecting with people was important to Jesus, because he desired that they would know the truth, and the truth would set them free. So just a visual little reminder of what we are called to do is to connect. It's going to be Instagrammed on Facebook now, isn't it? Yes. There we go. Jesus constantly ate with sinners, yet the simple act of eating for that culture was far more than the physical act of just chewing. It wasn't just about a meal, it was about, it represented the very act of sharing one's life. And that's what Jesus did. He said he ate, you know, and the Pharisees and the scribes, they would come and say, he eats with sinners. And he was like, well, the, the well don't need help. It's the sick and the poor and those who are far from me that need me. And so he ate and he shared his life with people who did not know him, and people far from God, people who thought they were not worthy, people who thought they were not good enough. You know, and the scribes and the Pharisees, they walked a lot around with their long garments and they looked down their nose at people. And, and Jesus, he mixed with those people. And I love when you watch because I'm a visual person when we watch that on a, a tv show I mean you see Jesus he you know in last week or was it because we we're kind of behind we watch it later is that you know Matthew the tax collector is sitting behind his, de- his um, desk with all the money and the Pharisees come along and they're like "Well, oh, you're not good enough and Jesus tells this pa- story about how um, the Pharisee came along and a tax collector came along into the temple to pray and that um and Pharisee was like, oh Lord, you know, and, and espousing all these very spiritual prayers. And, and then the tax collector came and said, oh, and the Pharisee said, I'm so low, Lord, I'm not like that man there. And he pointed his finger at him and said, oh, I'm better. And the tax collector says, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner and um, I'm, I'm not worthy, but I love you and I just want to know you. And, so, and when you see the movie, the Bible series, Jesus turns to Matthew and he says, you know, come follow me because he welcomed into sharing his life and that's what I want to talk about tonight is all about connecting and how do we share our lives with those around us want us to consider afresh how we can connect with people in order to share our life with them and share his life too because he's given us so much and sometimes we forget until we mix with those who don't know him and they're struggling and they're hurting and Jesus says Go and welcome him into your life. And that's why he ate with them, because it was his way of sharing his life with them. What we find when we look at the life of Jesus was he was able to connect with the masses because he was approachable. He allowed people to come to him with their problems and he took time to minister to them. He took time. You know, little children, he came and said, don't drive them away, come and I'll bless them. And the little widow and the, and the, the sick and the prostitute and the, and the adulteress, you know, he took time out. You know, you know, I told you about the story about a woman with the, at the well and he actually took a different route that was out of his way to connect with that woman at the well of Samaria because he was approachable but he also welcomed people into his world. And Luke four, four eighteen and nineteen says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And often, you know, our lives are so adapted to plans and schedules that we can seemingly do only our best when it's our agenda it's on our agenda it's on our schedule and yet Jesus is saying the only agenda he was had was I am anointed to reach out I am anointed to welcome people into my world I am anointed to preach good news to the poor what would happen if that was our only agenda if our only purpose was that wherever we go it was just to preach good news Good news means the gospel. If our only agenda, our only purpose was that he has sent me to proclaim freedom and liberty to the captives and the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, to proclaim that God is good. What if our only agenda on our schedule was that first off, that we would reach out and do that? Imagine what an impact we would have on our world. If we took the time to welcome people into our life, And that's what Jesus said. He says, be little Christs. Yes, he knows that we're busy and he knows we have schedule, but schedule him in in the middle and his business. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other stuff will be added unto you. And we get it so topsy turvy. and we come out in church and go, yes, and by Tuesday we're forgotten. And yet if we were more heavenly minded and more just aware of what the Holy Spirit was doing, I tell you what, we'd be rip roaring and Wednesday we'd be going, come on, bring it on God. But we wear ourselves out with worries and cares and a desire for other things, but we lose focus. And Jesus is constantly calling us back and says, seek me first. The Spirit of the Lord is on you because you are anointed to preach good news to the poor. Wherever we go, we have the anointing of the Most High God, resurrection power, the DNA of God Himself abiding within us, that we are anointed. Turn to the person next to you behind you and say, You are anointed to, anointed to preach good news. Then say to yourself, I am anointed. I am, anointed. I am, anointed. I am clothed with power from on high. To preach good news to the poor. To to set at liberty those that are captive. captive. To open blind eyes. Come on now. (laughs) To To release the oppressed. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour amen that's what we are anointed to do that's what god has given us a mandate to go out there his bible says that we are christ's ambassadors you ever seen an ambassador they're kind of you know they're decked out in pretty cool stuff and they have a nice wishy car with a flag on the front of it and uh and they have are on a mission you know they do they have flags on either side You know, and and they know what they are called to do and they know it about and they don't get out of their cars and kind of Oh, I'm not sure about this. They stride out of their car with their Armani suits on and they off to go to their business. And you know what? That's what we are called Christ Ambassadors, that we strut out into this world, into our workplace, into our university, workplace, workplace, <laughs> university, and we go with the power and authority of God because we are his ambassadors to preach good news. We do not have to be ashamed of that mandate. We do not have to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God within us to reach a dying world. And he says, connect and welcome those people into your world because they need to hear. Amen. I'll preach myself happy. I wonder what would happen if we decided to follow in the footsteps of Jesus with his plan being our only plan. What would the world look like? What would our suburb look like? What would your street and workplace look like? our only plan because that's what God says seek first my kingdom and my righteousness seek first building my kingdom and we kind of just push it aside oh that's a pastor's job oh that's the elder's job no if you're called a Christian you are a little Christ and you're to seek first building his kingdom and walk in the footsteps of Jesus and I tell you what the ride is cool I was up in Kalgoorlie last week and I was like oh there was such an anointing in that place and it was like I started to preach and I had this word from first kings or second kings it was about how Elijah there was the drought had been in that land for three and a half years And and so Elijah spoke to his servant he said go up to the hill and see if you can see a cloud forming and seven times he went up he was a persistent man in prayer seven times he went up and he said look can you see any clouds coming he knew that God was on the move. He knew that there was breakthrough. He knew that the rains were coming. And he said, go up. And as he runs down, his servant runs down the the hill again. He must have been a fit man. And he says, yes, I see, on the seventh time, I see a cloud rising the size of a man's hand. The size of a man's hand and it's rising out of the sea. And then Elijah says... Come on, let's get ready. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the rain coming. And when I spoke that, it was like God was saying, there is rain coming. That may seem like it's just a little cloud and it's forming and it's forming and it's springing up, but there is rain coming. And now it's been prophesied over and over again that revival, is on its way, that it would start and it would stream forth. And if you've lived in Kagoula, you know that they say it's gonna start there. Well, you know what? I believe it started there. There was something happened last weekend. Something happened. And I started to speak that and there was just like a bubbling across the whole congregation. 140 odd women, you should have heard it. And then the next morning I spoke the same word and there was like a presence of God in that place. So I could not speak for a few moments. I was like, Whoa. You know, and it was like there was God in that place from the front of the room to the back of the room. God was in that place. And by the end of the, the, that session, there were people walking up the front. And I said, what can I pray for you for? And he says, I want to know Jesus. They weren't even waiting for the altar call. They were coming up the front and saying, I want to know Jesus. I don't know. I said, do you know him? He says, no, I don't know him, but I want this. I want what you've been talking about. And see, It's like revival starts and it's like that cloud rising the size of a man's hand but it starts to get big storm clouds and then the rain comes and then it pours down and it floods like that Lake here that I've shown you. It floods and it pours rivers of living water down here. And I believe that he started it because it was awesome. You know, I was given, I was, I don't know how many people we prayed for, mum. How many? I don't know, a couple of hundred. I don't know. I was, and, I, and there was a, I didn't sleep, I slept an hour on Friday night after I preached and prayed for people. And then an, one hour I slept. And then I got up on Monday, on Sa- Saturday morning. From nine till after five o'clock, I went go hard. And there was like, the Holy Spirit was on me and it was like it wasn't hard. I just kept on getting a fresh boost of God's stuff on me. And I just kept on preaching and praying and I prayed for two hours flat for people and people were getting saved and people were getting healed and people were getting baptised in the Holy Spirit and people were speaking in tongues. And I tell you what, there was God's stuff. And I know he started something and all week I've been feeling this stuff on me. Stuff on me. I'm sitting on the train going, going into the city on Monday morning and I'm like, why have I got God's stuff on me this morning? Like it was heavy, thick. And then I'm driving to school and I can feel God's stuff on me because God has started something. And I'm telling you, get ready. Get ready because God wants to reach out to our world through us. And he wants to use us because we are anointed for that. And our good intentions and God, yes, 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 is not going to cut it because he wants to use people who are ready and willing and have made time in their schedules and their agendas for him to use us. To, for him to use us, there has been revivals in other places all around the world, but there's only certain people that got to do, be in the middle of it. There's people that missed out being in the middle of it and I don't want any of us to be out, miss out because I tell you what, it's fun. It is such a hoot. I had so much fun and they even paid me. I said, what's this for? You know, and, and it's like, because I just had fun. I had fun seeing people coming up, getting saved. I, you know, it's just like, what are you here for? <laughs> you know, and they're saying, I want Jesus. That is so much fun. It gives you such a boost. There is nothing, no food, no alcohol, no pill you can pop, no holiday you can go on that beats getting people saved, getting people seeing that they can become all they are in God. And the weights and the burdens dropped off and people just wanted more of God. And I said, do a new thing. I said, you know, God is doing a new thing. And so there's this woman going, all right then, I'm going to do a new thing. And they say, you know, Ezekiel talks about putting your foot in. And if you're a little bit shy of the Holy Spirit, just put your toe in. And then if you just want to jump into your knees, do that. And then if you just want to bummy jump on, you just do that. And there was bummy jumpers in there. you know. And they were like, yes! And they were jumping and running. And and then there was people who were just a little bit shy. And it was okay because God was in the midst of it. And He wants to do this in us. But it's it's laying aside and having an expectation that God is going to do something in our lives. That God is going to use us and that he wants us to connect with him and connect with others, because otherwise it just becomes this little thing for the Christians. And his anointing is to break the yoke. His anointing is to free the burdens. His anointing is to open blind eyes. His anointing is to set the captives free. And he wants to pour out his anointing on us, but he's saying, make room for me in your schedules. The tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. We need to make space in our schedules and our homes and our lives so that the sinners feel welcome to eat with us, that the sinners, those who don't know him, feel welcome to come here, that the sinners feel welcome to just be with us. So I want to... Is that still on? Can I have the PowerPoint? I wanted to talk tonight about how we stay connected to the unchurch. Because if we just have our little Christian parties and we have our little thing happening and we don't have a heart for the lost, then it won't please the Father. He says, you know, my heart is for the lost. I sent my one and only son that none would perish. So how do we stay connected to the unchurch so that we have some people to reach out with and put that God stuff on them? Because when the anointing comes that you have and you start to hit into it and clock, clock into it and say, all right, I'm going to be focused on you, Lord. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Oh, then, then it's, oh, then, oh, there it is again. There, then, oh. Then you reach out and God's stuff reaches out through you. It's like, how do you stay connected to the unchurch? You've got to have them in your world because you don't have them in your world. What are you going to do with that God's stuff when it gets on you? You know, it's going to, you're going to blow up. <laughs> you need to do something with it. So, oh, it's hot. Um, so I want to stay connected to the unchurch. All right, funny, funny God. Oh, oh it's hot. Alrighty, here we go. <laughs> I want to give you some tips about ways we can make sure we are welcoming people into our lives to give significant time in our week for relationships with those who do not yet know Jesus. There's a challenge for us to stay connected with people who are not Christians and it gets more difficult as the longer we are followers of Jesus because we get in our little thing. And he says, Stay connected. We consistently need to be working on making sure we always have a number of non-Christian friends and that we have regular time carved out to be with them. This means when these friends come into relationship with Jesus, we just got to go out and find some more. Go out and find some more. Bring them in, you know. Be a hound dog for Jesus. Go and sniff them out and find them and bring them into the house. Bring them into relationship. You know, God is a radical God he's a radical God and he wants to reach out and he wants to use you and me here are some simple ways to battle the tendency to drift away from the very people who need to know and need us as Christians in their lives they need a Christian in their world because we carry the anointing that breaks the yoke we carry the anointing that brings life we have words of life and peace and truth amen so here we go try something new (laughs) <laughs> Idea. <ya. laughs> Try something new. Try new things. Join a group. Start a sport. <laughs> Join a sport. <laughs> just to be, just to build some new friendships with people outside of the church to break complacency in yourself, and you might even get fit too. <laughs> To stop getting stuck in a rut, do something new. Do something new. Do something new. You got that? Do something new. Because when we do something new, it opens us up. We're out of our little comfort zone. We're out of our little complacency. We go, I'm going to do something new and I'm going to meet some new people. And that might be scary for some of us. But do something new and see what God will do through you. Do something new. Evaluate. Number two is your schedule. I don't know why the Lord asked me to put this here, but anyway, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's Isaiah 43. God is moving and he has new things, new relationships, new opportunities, new life in him that wants to spring up. So evaluate your schedule. Are you too busy for God? Are you too busy for God to move? If revi- when revival hits, how busy is your schedule? Because he takes over. You can be in church from 8 in the morning right through to 10 at night. And if you're the lockup person, you might be there till 2 in the morning. Evaluate your schedule and make room for God because He's, he's going to blow your schedules out of the way. He wants to use us. Evaluate your schedule. Take an inventory of your life and see where your staff is, where you need to offload past hurts, disappointments, mistrust of relationships, we need to let it drop off and make room for God to do something new in our life and to just flood in. You know, a river needs a place to go. Springs need places to spring up. And if we're full of stuff, we're going to dam that flow. It's going to get stuck and it's going to be this muddy, stinky pond. And it's not, you know, he wants to flood things through our life. We're just like a, you know, like a faucet. <laughs> <laughs> and you hook up into into God, and it floods through, and we're just the point and it floods through to others. That's what he just wants to be like with us. So we have gotta look and take an inventory of our life and say, have I got some stuff I need to offload? Have I got some past hurts that hold me back from doing a new thing, of making new relationships, of stepping out into something that I might not have done before? Take an inventory and say, what is it that I need to drop off? What is it that I need to let go of? Because before in that, Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, forget the former things let them go. If you're going, well, I've done that, I tried that, Well, do something different, or have a new attitude about it, let it drop off so that you can make room in your life and heart for God to bring new things and new fruitfulness in your life. Are you too busy in your work schedule, your home life to make room for God's business, his business of ministering to the lost, to hurting the broken? We can always be too busy, but that's our choice. Are we too busy to help? Are we too busy to listen? Are we too busy to welcome people into our world? Are we too busy to barbecue and have people over for a coffee? Now we can say, Lord, bring a revival, but what happens when those people come in? Who's going to care for them? Who's going to disciple them? Who's going to speak words of truth into their life? Are we too busy? And now is the time when we do an inventory check and we say, we're making room for God. Make room for God and his business and he'll use us because they're coming They're coming and we have to make sure we're ready because I don't want us to miss out. There is nothing like seeing somebody who's just a baby Christian just come and just see their life transformed. There was a man on Sunday morning and I'd prayed with his wife the day before and we just believed that he was just going to. he'd been coming to church but he was like he didn't really get it didn't really understand the worship and anything and so I said to Pastor Larry I said where is he and he said he's down the back and uh, he fortunately was something easy for me to spot him and as I was preaching I was just like yep God's God's on this and I I get down I'm praying for people and there was people coming up asking to be saved and people praying and, and I was just your Holy Spirit all over the place and I jumped back up on the platform and I started to give another altar call now as you all know Philip is the evangelist I'm just kind of no flow along doing my teachy thing but uh, something else has got on me I tell you what but anyway and 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 and, okay and uh and 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 just get myself straight here anyway this man and i started to say if you didn't know where, do you know where you're going to go if you walked out the door would you know where you're going to go if you died today would you go to heaven or would you go to you know where would you go and and i said so if don't go from this place without knowing the answer to that jesus wants you to know him bang that hand went up i'm like "Ooh, <laughs> that's cool <laughs> Yeah, and I went down the back and I spoke to him and he, I tell you what, he was so happy to talk to me. He was just about grabbed hold of me and he was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much for pushing. You know, I prayed in the middle of the night. I was up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm praying for the service and I'm doing some spiritual warfare and I prayed for that man. I prayed for his salvation and I went, "I, I, I might be busy. I might have to be up early. I might have to do this, but I'm making the time to pray. I'm making to the time to pray for salvation. When the Holy Spirit wakes you up, make the time. Yes, we're always busy. Yes, there's a whole lot of other things we have to do. But when God wakes you up, wake up. Because that man is saved. He has three little children and his wife just about smothered me with hugs because she was so excited. She said, thank you so much. And I said, it's Jesus, not me. But I just made the time. And, he, and I said, can I pray for you? And he goes, yes, yes. You know, he's this big guy, he's a cop. And he's like, you know, this is a mining town. And uh, he says, thank you so much. And I said, did you feel God here this morning? And he goes, oh, yeah. I could feel him today. You know, and this is somebody who's not churched. But it was he came in and he was welcomed in and God moved. but you know make time in your life and I tell you what it is such a buzz you might be tired you haven't had any sleep but I tell you what it's like rivers flow through you because it's like you're about God's business you're about the father's business you know that's what Jesus says I come to do the will of the father I'm here on the father's business and he says you're anointed to do the same thing get about the father's business and life flows in you he says he quickens our mortal bodies to have life you cannot have any sleep and you can go all day because he gives you life Amen. To so take an inventory of your life and see where you need to offload some stuff from the past, hurts, disappointments, where you need to offload some stuff where you're too busy to get about the father's business. Simplify if need be. Simplify. What was that again? Simplify. Once a week look back and honestly assess how much time you spent with non-Christians. Adjust if necessary how much time now i'm not meaning sitting beside them at work going oh yes what are they wearing today are they look good i'm saying how much time did you welcome somebody into your world who didn't know him how much time are we giving because we are anointed to preach good news don't waste the anointing and you want more of god more anointing well let it flow out let it flow out Connect with old friends is number three. Call friends, people you have not connected with maybe for months or even years. Seek to rekindle these friendships. Seek God and pray. Who is it that you want me to talk to, to ring up, to send a card to, to reconnect to invite over? Holy Spirit will lead you. Throw a party just because you throw a party. Yeah, throw a party and connect with all those people that you haven't seen for donkey's years. Have a barbecue and invite say I'm just having a party I thought I'd just like to connect with those guys I haven't seen for ages you know Phil Pringle who's who's one of our mentors he said what is I said to what is the best way to reach those that don't know what's the best way to grow the church and he just looked and said three things barbecue 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 throw a party have a meal reconnect with those people that are far from God those that you know in your world already and invite some friends along from your connect group and, you know, pray before it happens and, and just see what God will do. Amen? Amen? Number four is serve in your community. Volunteer in a club or some other community group or get your connect group together and commit to reaching out and doing something for those around you. Look and see who's got the worst garden in your street where you have your connect group and say, right, a Saturday, a month from now, let's all just come along and we'll, you know, Somebody will make sandwiches. Somebody can make coffee. Bring your forks and whatever and digging things. Recruit some of the younger ones from Ivan and you know, that connect group if you need to. Smile down there. (laughs) And, And, you know, do something. Connect group is how it's done because you've got a prayer team right there. And do something for those around you. I tell you what, then you can share the good news. I said, why do you do that? Wow. Oh, we just love you. We just want to share the love. Amen? Enter their world is number five. Ask a person who does not know Jesus yet if you can participate in something they enjoy. We always want them to come to us. Go into their world. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, all the tax collectors, they can come and see me if they want to hear from me. No, he went into the world. He was in their marketplace walking along and he welcomed them. And he says, hey, and he was rather cheeky. He says, hey, can I come to your place for dinner tonight, Matthew? He says, yeah, and bring all your tax collector friends. Enter their world. Ask a person, you know, who does, they does not know Jesus, if you can do something they enjoy. Hang out in their world. Connect with some church friends and take them along too. Now, please have some wisdom about this, please. If your mate is going to the strip club, that is not appropriate place to hang out. So come on, be, you know, godly at the same time. So be wise about where you hang out, but Go into their world. If they play soccer, go and cheer on the sidelines. Or they ask you to come places, go. If they want you to go shopping or I don't know whatever, what people ask you to do, go and <laughs> do that with them. Because we have to get in their world to welcome them into our world. Yeah? Number six. Bridge relationships among people who don't know Jesus. Ask a friend who is not a Christian if you can meet and spend time with some of their friends. Yeah? Yeah? say hey can I hang out and see you know hang out with you guys or and you know be wise about that too but get into people's world we get in this nice little Christian bubble and we stay there and then we wonder why nobody's coming in wonder why our friends aren't getting saved wonder why we're not having the impact that we are supposed to have because we have resurrection dino power on the inside of us so why isn't having because we're in this nice little bubble and we go don't touch just come in, you can come on the bibble bubble, bibble, but I'm not coming out. And God says, get out there. Get out into the world and be the light. Number seven, here we go now. You're gonna love this one. You're ready. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Make your home a prayer hub. Hmm. Radical. What would your neighbours and down the street if you just went and you know, chatted to them over the fence or across the road or Put their wheelie bin in for them and said, Hey, I just want you to know that I pray. And if you've got anything and you know that you'd like me to pray for, I'd really be privileged to do that. Make your home a prayer hub in your street, in your neighbourhood, that they know that you pray. See what happens. And you know, even better, get a group, connect group, or your group of friends together and pray together. Pray together have prayer triplets you know they work or you know they, the call to prayer and the gather together and, and I have a mission to get all the chaplains and all the high schools and primary schools praying together so I've got two or three of them now praying together and I'm on mission to get them and that's Monday morning by the way and I, it's you know we're there and we're down in Lacklands High School and I, and there we've got parents coming and I've got two chaplains and there's me but I can see it building because when you pray together stuff happens, that's where the flow of the Holy Spirit comes and where stuff happens because we're pushing back the things of the enemy and Philip spoke about that, a weapon are not carnal but they're, for, they're spiritual to break down things and when we praise God and we pray the walls come down so do not underestimate prayer and if you find it hard to pray by yourself then get somebody to pray with I know Ken and Val they perch up in bed now with their cup of tea and they pray for about an hour and a half every every morning is that a new thing yeah it's a relatively new thing but they got it pray with somebody If you can't find somebody to pray, get on the phone and pray with them. Say, we're praying together, all right? Too bad of us not. Pray. Yeah? Make your home a hub of prayer. I tell you what, it'll transform your house. Get some people from your connect group over and say, hey, let's pray together. Let's have a prayer time. These people across the street are going through a hard time. Let's pray. Amen? Amen? That's how revival breaks out. And it can lead to spiritual conversations and new friendships with those that you're praying for. If you let people know that you're praying for them, it's going to open people up because they're like, really, you're praying? And it does, it works because people just need to know that others care for them. And they want to, you know, 60% of people pray once a week. They don't come to church, but they pray once a week. The statistics are crazy. We think that people are far from God. They're crying out to God. God, are you there? God, I need this. They want to desperately know that God is not far away, that he's interested in their life. So much so that over half of the population cry out to God at least once a week. At least. Let alone the rest of them. People know that prayer works. It's just they desperately need to know it works in their life. How much... Time do I spend in a normal week with people who are not Christians? How many friends do we have who are not Christians? Revival's on the way. God wants us to connect with people so that he can, you know, that our hearts are ready. That we have people that we can just reach out to. He doesn't want that any would be lost. But we've got to make room in our life. We've got to take an inventory check and make sure that we're not too busy. Trying some new things. Go and do something different. Go and have a coffee somewhere different and look out for who the Holy Spirit, and my mum, she's, go and talk to her. Mum, take somebody with you. And, and like she just goes into a coffee shop and she's like, Holy Spirit, who should I talk to? And she goes and talks to them and they get saved. Matt, you're in a coffee shop all the time, watch out. <laughs> Evaluate your schedule. Once a week, look and honestly assess who you've been spending time with. Now be, you know, be careful, be wise. We need to be the light, not them being the darkness overpowering a light. If you're feeling like, oh, it's too much, in and grab somebody and take them with you that knows Jesus and you be the light. Connect group is a great way to do that. Number three, connect with your old friends. Have a party just because you can. Tell everybody to bring a plate if you're worried about the cost. You know, we're South Central people. We're very good at partying. Just ask us. We're a, we're a you know, rented crowd straight away. Serve in your community. Get your connect group together and do something. Enter their world. Don't expect them always to come to us and bridge relationships amongst people who don't know Jesus and make your home a house of prayer and watch what God will do. God is on the move. His rivers are starting to flow. We need to make time and time in our schedule and time in our life for him to use us because he's about his business and we want to be in the thick of it, don't we? We've been talking about it. We've been praying it. Get ready. Make way. It's springing up. Amen. Amen. Can we have a song, please? <laughs> Thank you worship team. I don't know. <laughs> I want us to stand and just, and we just I don't know. You can ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Middle of the road. <laughs> I want us to just take some time, maybe the last song we sang. Um, and let's just see what God wants to do, shall we? This is a good time if you've got stuff that you need to offload. You know, this is all about he's lifting our load, but you know what, we can hold on to it. So let's, when we sing this song, let our loads go. Say, Lord, is there anything that I need to let go? Is there any place in my schedule that I need to make room for God to move? And let's do it as we, as we sing this song, amen.